0: The Boise Bubble Podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise.
1: Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak
0: and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak
1: Studios, speak and be heard.
0: Hello, friends. Do you need help finding a place to live in the Treasure Valley? If so, you're out of luck. We can't help with that. But you know what's not in short supply and overpriced? A Volkswagen Jetta. Volkswagen of Boise has them in stock today. And unlike a home, even a single-income family can afford the classy comfort of a nimble little Jetta. Stop by today for an experience completely devoid of price wars that result in you offering over asking price and overextending yourself. Volkswagen. Guaranteed not to leave you house poor. Need something to distract you from the MLS? Go to www.volkswagenboise.com. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast, where we talk all things Treasure Valley. We're your hosts, Shane and Natalie Plummer. Welcome back to the conversation. Welcome back, friends. We have awesome guests today that we're excited to introduce. So with us in the studio, we have Luke Caldwell and Clint Robertson from the Boise Boys. Thanks for coming. Hey, guys. All right.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. This is really exciting.
0: So I'm super excited to get to know you guys and to uh, spread the word because... As we started watching your guys' show, it's a lot of fun, and it's a little bit different than some of these other shows that kind of follow the same vein. So um, let's maybe just start by talking a little bit of history, who you guys are. Um, Luke, you've been in Idaho for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a synopsis.
2: Yeah, so basically, uh, yeah, my, my whole life, we, we uh, moved to Boise when I was two years old. I'm 42 now, so I, I've been here for 40 years here in Boise, and I, I love this area. It's just been, you know, my home. I grew up in the North End. And, um, it just is, it's, it's a magical place that obviously has changed a ton Mm. uh, over the years, but it's just so cool to, you know, the places that there's been multiple projects now where places that I walked by when I was, you know, in elementary school now, um, own and, you know, have renovated and a part of bringing it back to, you know, this, this place that it used to be, it's, it's a really special thing. And there's just such amazing people in our community. And it's great now that. I think more people are coming here and there's getting to be better food and more to do. And I I just love it. Yeah.
0: Pretty satisfying to have some kind of a tangible mark on your own home.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It's pretty, pretty amazing.
0: Cool. So you got kind of an interesting story. Your background, I read something about uh, being in a band, traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you came to renovating houses. Well, it feels like a like a big jump.
2: It was a, it was a pretty big jump, but, but looking back at it, I think it was fairly natural in the essence that I've always loved all things creative. I, I love to be able to, I love building brands. I, I love marketing. I was, I was a kid, you know, that was going door to door when, you know, selling like acorns, um, to my neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a paper route from the Idaho Statesman when I was in fourth grade, getting up at like four thirty every morning and always kind of more that entrepreneurial person who just loved, um, you know, selling things and love getting out there and, and marketing and doing fun things. And, and I think, um, you know, for me, um, when I started doing music, uh, I never thought it would kind of take off to what it did, where I was going, we, we played every single, um, state, but Alaska I think we played about 20 different countries and I was actually a worship leader. And so we would do, you know, events and conferences and camps and all kinds of different things. And um, I really loved exploring different cultures and different places and seeing kind of the world from, you know, a viewpoint in my twenties where it's just like, wow, there's so much out there. It's just so many neat things going on. I remember going to India for the first time with my dad when I was 12 and just being exposed to just these whole different worlds and different cultures and, and so it, it actually transitioned pretty quickly to design because I just appreciated it and loved seeing all these beautiful things. And I, I noticed that Boise didn't, you know, have some of those, those things as well. And so it kind of just, uh, it, 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 scratched that, that itch for creativity. And, and really how I transitioned into it um, was my wife and I wanted to adopt and we didn't um, have an extra $35,000, 45000 laying around. Sure. And so we decided to flip a house, and and I kind of ended up starting this whole journey. We got our son, and and basically a, a kind of a new career without really trying. So, but it was great because I was able to be at home with my kids more often. That's awesome.
0: Great.
1: Um, it was funny. I was, uh, I was, um, I put that you guys were coming on um, my personal page, my local page, and someone messaged me saying, "Oh, those guys are so great. I did the flooring on the first four houses and." Um, Luke actually managed my band, uh, The Waiting something. I can't remember. Oh, The Waiting kind. Yeah, Yeah, it was (laughs) funny. So I went on this weird journey of like listening to all this music. Then I started listening to your music. And I'm like, this is
2: funny. This is
1: really funny. It's crazy. It feels like a whole nother world. Yeah. I was was watching like a music video you were in. I was like, wow. Okay. (laughs) So that's fun.
0: Mm. Clint, I'm super interested about your story. But before I ask you some specifics. So... You start watching a show, right? And you want to start investing in the cast and kind of their stories. And you try to get a feel for like who they are. And in the very first episode, you're wearing your Carhartt jacket. You're talking about all this construction stuff. And I'm thinking, I've got his number. I feel like I understand who this guy is. And I've i have been in construction for a long time. And I'm like, I know this guy. And then all of a sudden, there's this screenshot of you were Sipping espresso from like the tiniest cup they could find, and I thought, "Wait, maybe I need to recalculate who this guy is."
3: I'm, 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 I'm like an onion. The the deeper you get, there's more
0: levels, and they all stink. That's what I kept thinking. I thought this guy has like these depths that are begging to, they're begging to be known. (laughs) You should see him
2: in his robe. Oh I oh, okay. see. <laughs> Luke, I don't what 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 do you know of me in my robe? <laughs> Whenever I come over in the morning. well that's true you're a robe guy (laughs) exactly you wouldn't think most construction workers are but yes he he knows how to enjoy the finer things of life as well well my
1: husband is in construction and he has a a couple robes I have
0: (laughs) my wife got me my first robe and of course my wife got me the first a lot of stuff I was not very fashion forward and my wife uh, I owe a lot of my fashion sense to her but uh, she got me a robe and it's freaking dope yeah (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why I wasn't wearing robes my entire life No Seriously, shame. I mean,
3: when you when when you found the robe, there's really, you you what you wear with, when people are at when you're out with people, and then there's the robe.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's really, <laughs>
3: really the nothing days. in between. I
0: wish I could marry those two worlds, Clint. I wish that I could go to a business meeting with my robe, with my robe mm-hmm. confidence. Like, let me get on that. Let me see if I can work on that. Yeah, yeah try to New it out.
1: side project. Let's make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> Tell us a little bit uh, your background. I can't believe how how many things you do and how you stay awake at all? Cause how do you find time to do all these things? Tell people what you do. Well,
3: uh, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My, my, my dad uh, owned fast food restaurants in Texas. He was kind of a, uh, restaurant flipper. He kind of, you know, what we do with houses, he did uh, with uh, restaurants. He'd go in find distressed places, buy them and bring them back to life and sell them and move on. And, uh, I always liked that. You know, I've, I, I'm, I, I like, uh, I probably don't have a very long, uh, uh, attention span. So I like getting in, making something great and moving on.
0: Nice. But, uh, you've done a lot of things. I read your a CPA, a business attorney, entrepreneur, developer, and, uh, I saw something about, did I see a picture of you playing poker? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, in, in my, in my ideal world, that's all I do. Right. <laughs>
3: awesome. No, I, I, I love doing the, the, I love doing the, uh, uh, real estate, love working with people and, Uh, You know, the good thing is coming up when my dad told me, my dad was a CPA and he said, man, if I just had my law degree, I'd be unstoppable. So I ended up going into law school with the intention of never working in a law firm and then ended up working in a law firm for a while and realizing how right my dad was. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you you never want to use a law degree, but I tell you, it really comes in handy uh, in real estate uh, uh, for, for, for for the good side. You know, most of the time when people think of a lawyer, they think of some guy standing there suing somebody else uh, there, there's, uh, the, the business side of the law degree and all it exposes you to is really, really great just for the base, uh, you know, just for the basics of of, of any business, especially real estate.
0: Yeah. Um, how'd you find your way to Idaho? Well, my wife and I, uh, we had three
3: boys at the time. They were 12, 10 and eight. And I was building multifamily as fast as I could possibly build it in Texas. I owned a title company down here and I saw a lot of, uh, Coastal money, you know, California uh, home equity lines of credit, buying uh, real estate, uh, you know, res- residential rentals in Texas, and so I thought, man, I can I can build houses, so I basically just started building them, you know, duplexes and fourplexes and apartment complexes, and sell them to to people who wanted to get in on the Texas real estate boom back in the early two thousands, and then right before everything went haywire, you know, in two thousand eight, before uh, that bubble popped. Uh, I know it was providential, but my wife and I were out one day and I was walking on the phone, uh, talking, barely got much time to spend with her. And I just looked at her and said, man, well, I'm working too much. We need to just sell everything and live our dream, move up to the mountains. And so sight unseen, we picked Coeur d'Alene and sold everything we had. And it turned out to be providential because the, uh, you know, the, the, the economy crashed and we were able to live kind of on sabbatical for a few years as our boys, you know, grew through those teen years and uh, up in Coeur d'Alene. And then once my boy turned 16, my oldest, he got a scholarship to BSU. And good helicopter parents that we were, <laughs> we decided to uh, get a condo down in Boise and see what it was all about and spend some time with, with, with him uh, as he was launching into college at 16. And we, we fell in love with Boise and realized, wow, this, this place is in the perfect Goldilocks zone to find houses and renovate them and sell them. Wow. That was then. Uh, this,
0: not now. <laughs> not now. It's a different time. We came here about uh, 2010, I think, is whenever yeah. we landed, and uh, it was just a different vibe here entirely. It was before. It felt like it was before the word got out and it was discovered, and everybody was trying to cash out of California or wherever else and come up here. And mm-hmm. um,
1: we didn't know anything about Boise. We just got a job offer here, and I was like, "No way!" I mean, I'm <laughs> from the Coeur d'Alene area, so I love North Idaho, but I, all I knew about this area was well potato fields which isn't actually accurate but we just kind of showed Luke loves that.
3: Luke loves that That uh, that, that <laughs> data point. Yeah. I've, never I've never actually even seen, seen a potato, potato field.
1: Exactly. Oh my gosh should we just say that? Okay <laughs> I've never seen one. They must exist but uh, I know think know it's what?
0: eastern Idaho. It's eastern Idaho. That yeah. was my first impression. I went to school a couple of years out there and I thought I like parts of it like I like being close to the Tetons but the idea of coming back to Idaho I just thought oh, I don't know it's closer to her family let's yeah. give it a shot and then just, I mean, it was like a month, and all of a sudden, I started to it started to, to click. This place has got mountains. This place has just an awesome vibe. It people are nice and kind, and I love the South. I mean, I I, th- I love the personality of the people and the culture, and it was very welcoming. I mean, they had their their own rules, but this was a um, a similarly welcoming vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: With that, that's true, people. and you don't find that a lot in a lot of uh, places that are you know too far north. Yeah. Uh, not not that we're not throwing any stones at anybody, but there's just something about growing up in the South where you got to, you know, just a, everybody's a friend. Everybody says hello. They look you in the eye. And mm-hmm. even walking down the street, a stranger. How you doing? Yo, good. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and that happens. That happens in Idaho. And I was very, you know, we, we were very surprised and pleased at that.
0: We've had people that have uh, that we've had on the podcast and other friends. And that's one of the first things that they remark about is man, I can't believe how friendly people are. People actually talk to me on, you know, walking down the street or standing in line at a, at, at a Starbucks. And I thought, is that, is that not not the norm? <laughs> yeah, we've
1: been lucky. We've just been places that are really friendly. And, yeah, I just yeah. – why is it never a place like that? Uh,
2: how did you two meet? Well, we actually met through a, um, a mutual friend, uh, I think at Whole Foods for the first time. And um, I, was, uh, I was flipping um, houses at the time, and, and Clint had just um, – been here recently. Um, moving down, like he was talking about when this boy was going to college down here at Boise State, and so um, and was kind of looking to get involved in, in the market down here. And we just had this really immediate connection based off of the fact that we both were passionate about, you know, entrepreneurship and and just about business and real estate. And and it was kind of a we kind of looked at each other and realized we we really are like the yin and yang here because I love. The whole, you know, design aspect. I I love, you know, the the hunt the, to find the houses and Clint. Um, you know, obviously, we both we didn't need each other. We had both done that on our own all the way through. But Clint was so great with, you know, the back end and a lot of the the technicalities and and you know just that whole side of things like the the money stuff, which I don't I don't mind. I can do it, but I don't enjoy it. And it was like, wow, we could really partner up and and just bust these things out where you kind of take this side of things, I'm going to take this side of things and let's, you know, bring what we can together and just crank. And it just, it really, it really just worked out. I mean, we, we found our first deal together not long after that. And um, I think it was probably like a couple months after our first deal that we did together, that um hgtv had reached out to us and it was just like what (laughs) it was just so social media yeah so you you started
1: doing stuff on social media together
2: yeah not not necessarily trying to make anything from Uh it i just i always have loved branding and Mm -hmm. so i I told clint right when we started doing this i was like you know we need to come up with a name and we need Mm -hmm. to brand this because every construction company is kind of just it is like the last name of Mm -hmm. whoever is building stuff and and so and
3: Luke didn't want it to be Robertson construction for some reason.
2: <laughs> well, it would have been Caldwell anyways. <laughs> but anyway, the, the reality of it was, is that, you know, we, we kind of created this, this brand and, and kind of put the whole thing together and just basically just kind of, were sharing some of the, the things we were doing from both sides of it. And, you know, lo and behold, we didn't know this, but HGTV occasionally is looking for very specific things um, that they're reaching out to production companies about. And one of the things they'd been looking for is uh, an odd couple that, you know, um, was not married, that, you know, was friends or, you know, maybe um, uh, business partners or whatever, whatever it might have been that was in the Northwest and genuinely, you know, flipping a, a, a lot of houses. And that was what we were, doing and we were definitely yeah, try, were
0: try, try fit in that that
2: I know, that, God, that description uh,
3: into
0: the, into people other than us dude, so <laughs> who in a corporate office is saying okay i've got the perfect niche it's odd couple not married northwest flipping houses <laughs>
1: go find that well
2: find I, you that know it's funny thing. and it's and it's it's weird because we probably had like within we got inundated like within i think a, a couple of weeks we had six different offers from production companies all over the country one including High Noon, and uh, who we ended up signing with, who you know they created Fixer Upper, found them, and the same gal who found them found us, and was just like, "Look, you know they're they're looking for for something that's going to fit this kind of, you know, part of of the marketplace. It's what they've been trying to find an odd couple, two friends, whatever it is that that for the show for for HGTV, but have not been able to find it, it's felt contrived and like we feel like you guys are just that without trying. Mm-hmm. We're just we are who we are. We never tried to be anything but that. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting.
1: Wow.
0: It is fun watching you guys. You guys have a pretty cool dynamic. Let me tell you a couple of things that I like. Clint, for a construction guy, you're very agreeable. I mean... I see the art, and like I a- see the numbers. Hear that, Luke?
2: Yeah, I, I, I did hear that. I was a no, little taken like, back.
0: No, 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 no. I'll get to you, too, and I'll <laughs> throw you some love here in just a second. But, but
2: you don't see the convincing behind the scenes. But
0: <laughs> I would expect you to be a lot more rigid, a lot more pragmatic when it comes to the cost and what you can do and what you can't do. But when he has this great idea, like uh, using a horse trough for a tub, you you recognize the good ideas awfully quick and you're quick to the good ideas. I do. I, rec- I do recognize the good ideas. I just wonder awfully what doesn't make the cut. I'm always thinking this is one of probably a dozen things that they've talked about, but this yeah. is one they actually agree on. No, but it's a cool, dy- it's an awesome dynamic and your feel for design and what's going to look right. So many of these houses, I look at it and I think, cause I've got a buddy and in Chattanooga. And we've always walked houses and we love historic houses. And sometimes we like to get into these old dilapidated, just old plantation or four square or just some cool mm-hmm. architecture that's just been left to rot. Right. And we're like, okay, let's play the, this game. What do we do? What's it going to cost? Just two buddies walking through it. And we always walk out in disagreement. You see some of these houses and you're like, no way could you make money. I can't believe how quickly you guys seem to come to consensus.
1: On TV, but you know we do look at
0: two houses, and we do look at two different houses. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. true.
2: Well, you know, I think it's one of those things where you know because Clint and I both love you know business, and also this is how we provide for our families. It it really does ultimately start there, where we've got you know I have I've got eight kids to provide for, and and Clint's got three, so it's and, and they're going through you know medical school, so <laughs> we we definitely. That's always the starting point. Is like obviously we're not going to buy something just to buy it. We want to make sure that it that it does work. But in the Boise market, especially you know a few years ago, you know the only way to make money. Well, I've never been interested in like you know throwing lipstick on a pig. Like I, I that's never been what I did, I always wanted to go in and and take the house to the best possible position that it could be in and know that there's someone willing to pay for it because it's done right. And it's beautiful. And it's, you know, we've, we've checked everything and we've really gone through it completely because, you know, you only need one buyer and we want to find a buyer who really appreciates that and is willing to pay for it. And so that's kind of been our business model is instead of just really quick and, and just slap some stuff on there and and move out, it's, it's no, let's restore this. We're more of a restoration slash let's imagine what it could become. And that's why you'll see entire, you know, roofs come all the way off and, and re, you know, do the home, but you have, it takes way more money. It takes more creativity and it takes more time and effort, but ultimately the payoff is bigger if you're willing to go in for that big risk, which is primarily what we do. You know, I don't know if you saw the episode where we bought a triplex in the North End that was all just beat up and disgusting and had been through so much life. And then we took it back to a single family home. I mean, that was a huge project, but ultimately it had a big payoff because, you know, someone really appreciated that.
0: You guys have had some awesome projects. So what was, I think it was the season finale of season one where you guys tore the whole freaking house down, but it had that awesome view. Wait, that's
1: the one that you guys moved into, right? No, no. Is that the one you're talking about? The one... Uh, are you talking about the one where they had the gorgeous view or the one that they moved into?
0: It had a g- gorgeous view. I don't know. I've seen so many episodes that they <laughs> yeah. get mixed up sometimes. Well, but the it. house was completely torn down and re- and
3: and basically dozed and we started over. That's that's yeah. the house that we living in.
1: Yeah, there. that yeah. one that's yeah. amazing. I, and, uh, the, that,
2: and I just sold that actually last week. Really? Yeah. Oh we, wow. Eight kids in a in a three in a four bedroom house now just it's a little tight. Uh.
1: Yeah. I that house I, I thought was for me it's being able to see it. I can't, I can't see it. And when you went in and you grabbed these like chandeliers from an old uh, church church, and I'm like, what on earth is he going to do with that? And then I'm like, (laughs) oh my word, that's spectacular. And that's, what's fun. I think to watch is just, I think everybody likes that is that just seeing something go from, from so little to something so beautiful and that to think maybe we could make that happen in our own lives and and i i we just binge watched it together for fun and i'm i'm so inspired i'm my my husband's like we we don't need to change our house, <laughs> house like, is just fine for we now. Change,
0: just fine. so well, we it's
3: something c- about renovating houses and the point you just brought up about finding something and it looks like it should be on the junk junk heap and turning it back into something that's a really cool feature of a house I mean, that, 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 that's, that's the story of redemption that's written in the universe. I mean, the, it's a, it's the base story of our existence is, is redemption. So, so Luke and I like being a part of that and little way that we can taking something that, that, that should be, uh, you know, shouldn't be there and, uh, uh shining it up, turning it into something maybe it, it shouldn't have been to begin with and, and, and featuring it in a, in a place. And Luke's great about coming up with that. And I enjoy, uh, Uh, making those, uh, making those ideas happen. So who
0: has the vision? Like when you're both, when you're looking at this home and it looks like it's got a lot of work and you guys have an amazing tolerance for risk. It seems a little like you're very bold (laughs) seeing some of these things. I think, no, 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 I would have chosen the other one hands down. And you guys will choose the one that seems to require a little bit more work. But do you both feel like you have a confident vision to say, oh yeah, I see it. And I see it too. Or does one of you trust and kind of lean on the other one for the vision?
2: Well, I, I think that, you know, from the get-go, Clint and I both, we've done, we've done enough of these now to know that ultimately it works if we do it right. And, and we really go all in, you know, it doesn't work if, if you're kind of half in it, you can't just be like trying to cut corners and be like, Oh, you know, we're not going to mess with the trim or let's just not mess with the plumbing system. It's like, we kind of know going into it now at this point, it's like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And so we obviously both have to be there early and have the vision to really go for it. And then I would say, obviously, you know, both of us are, are creative people, but you know, I, I really try to envision what it, what it could be. And that's really where my, my strengths are at is figuring out, okay, how do we maximize, you know, the, the beauty of this. And, and I think Clint and I both are, are great at, at figuring out the the functionality of it and the flow of the space, because usually we're pretty much starting over. So it's very collaborative in the essence of just kind of walking through it. And that's one of the reasons why we work so well together is, you know, you make your money on the buy and then really figuring out what it's going to be and who your end user is. And so for, for anybody who's, you know, interested in, you know, adding value to a space, that's really what you want to be thinking about is who is going to be buying this house. Is it a family? Is it a single guy? Is it, you know, someone, is it a, you know, a brand new starter home? What are we looking at here? And then it really helps you figure out what you're going to put into that house. And, you got to have that all up front. You do all your hard work up front so that once you get going, you already have the goal set in mind.
1: Hmm. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you, you're you talking about, well, do you mind if we start talking a little bit about no. your new show? No, I, we'd love I, it. I'm, I'm really excited about it because uh, obviously uh, this is a national show, but mm-hmm. you're addressing a very specific place. And Boise, uh, we just did a podcast about the housing market. I, we, Nothing's like Boise right now. I mean, the the house prices, and um, we are growing faster than anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so there was this time where you could buy a house and flip it, and maybe you still can, I don't know, but we're obviously in a totally new situation in Boise. And all of these people are in, well, honestly, where Shane and I are. are at. So we bought a house 10 years ago this year, and we said, in 10 years, we're gonna build our dream home. That was the plan. And we had an idea for land. And then a, a few years ago, we started saying, you know what? I think this is going to be our dream home. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a dream to have a home. So we had to like True. think about yeah. things a little differently. We are already living this dream of owning a home. And now it's time to make it our dream home because the, the, the dream had to change. Obviously, what we thought we could have at some point, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So... You're, you seem like you are creating this new series that is basically addressing what is on everyone's mind nationally, but especially in the Treasure Valley. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, about what it's like? What's well, it the,
3: the, sure. Um, you hit the nail on the head for, for the first uh, thing. Our, it is difficult. As, this, as The same thing that's going on in your mind as a homeowner thinking, well, one day... We'll have this house, you know, maybe half paid off, and then we'll parlay, and then we'll get some land, and we'll build. Well, the price of that land is going up as fast as the price of your house right now. And it's going up uh, all across the valley because Boise is a desirable area. It always has been, and people have figured it out. And now that we've got uh, a big influx of people from the coast, uh, that's, that, that's not going to stop anytime soon. So the same thing holds true for Luke and I when we're trying to find a home to, to, to buy and renovate. Now they're out there. There's people all over the place who uh, the renovations beyond what they want to do. And they want to see the home that they grew up in uh, you know, from a child be treated right and put back on the market and given to a good family. So Luke and I still get phone calls to this day from people in that boat. uh, But they're you know, you you just can't go out and drive down the road and say, well, let's look at that one. Let's look at that one. Let's look at that one because that one, that one, and that one aren't really there right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So the show really, Uh, The show outgrown that we're working on right now that we're about to wrap up and we'll start there at the end of next month is uh, uh, kind of does answer that scratches that itch you just mentioned. There are so many people who now have uh, reassessed and and there's so much value in just updating or adding some square footage to where we are now that every square foot you add is going to create more equity for you. So it just makes sense for people to make the most use of their space and whether they're a growing family, like Luke's family, adding uh, members and Mm -hmm. needing more space, or whether they're like me, you know, uh, in two weeks from now, our, our, our third little chick is going to be completely flown out of the nest. Uh, our youngest Daniel is uh, moving out on his own apartment and, uh, you know, he's, 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 he he lived his first year and a half went to BSU. Uh, I guess we're kind of fortunate because, COVID slowed that down a little bit, kept him in the nest for a little bit longer than he anticipated. Uh, he probably doesn't like that, but we love it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, a couple weeks. So we truly are empty nesters. And so now the houses, you know, our, our, our personal residents, we're looking at and we're thinking, my goodness, we got all this space. We need to A, get it ready for when they have families and come back and B, how am I gonna? You know, I'm kind of a business. I, I've always been a, a numbers and a dollars and cents guy. I'm thinking, how can I turn this into some space that's gonna generate some revenue while he's, uh, uh, you know, while, while we're empty empty nesters? So we're addressing those questions. We're addressing situations where maybe maybe the house is fine square footage wise, but it doesn't fit for the needs. Maybe it's too small. We need to add something, or maybe it's a situation where uh, we can get better use of the space now that the family has uh, uh, decreased in number for some reason. So uh, I think that's the perfect. You you hit the nail on the head. That's the perfect place to be right now in Boise, and we're we're lucky that the uh, the show is uh, taking us in that direction. And honestly, that's what Timber and Love is transitioning into right now, uh, for for that very purpose and very successfully, I would say, I, I believe. And and honestly, that's it. that's because of the of Luke and uh, what he's actually his
2: vision for exactly that scenario.
1: So you mentioned Timber and Love. Not every everyone might not know what that's about. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. So Timber and Love is is uh, the company I run here in Boise, which basically, you know, from the very get go, was you know, we obviously are working with timber and we want to be motivated and do it with love and everything we do. And um, as you know, in the construction world, er, you know, you always run into <laughs> into issues, but. You know, we're not going anywhere. You know, we want to make things right. We want to serve families. And that's always been the case. So, you know, what started out as as primarily just a, a company flipping, really, you know, what kind of opened my eyes in particular was when HGTV came to Clinton and I and said, hey, you guys, are you willing to change your business model? Because Boise Boys has done amazing. But we just feel like with you guys, who you are as as people, and and how your families are growing, we think it'd be so cool to have your families helping other families and really, um, you know, get, get more people involved. So instead of just having someone walk through an open house, we would like you to, you know, be serving families that are in really tough spots where their house is just not working for them, or they just need an update, or whatever it might be. So there's you know, we feel like you guys would be great at that. Would you be open to it? Mm-hmm. And we were like, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that would be great. You know, my, my first hesitation was like, ah, oh, clients, like, yeah. I don't, I just want to do what I want to do, sure. you know? But at the end of the day, it's a lot of financial risk for us to be, you know, you know, putting, cause to flip houses now in Boise, you, you have to buy a house for four or $500,000 put, Oh, you're going to be in or, seven,
3: three quarters of a million before you even put it on uh, the market. Yeah, that's and it's a, just a
2: lot of risk mm-hmm. to, to make it actually work. And so, and plus finding the houses for the, even for the show, it's like, if you're, if they order 13 episodes and we have to be done in nine months, try finding 13 houses available in Boise that then, you know, have to have these massive renovations. Yeah, so
1: try finding the wood. For exactly.
2: The <laughs> so yeah. it really. And then do the ma- multiply that times the, how much we're in it for each house. And it, that's uh, exactly. Nice. <laughs> So it really was kind of this perfect timing where they said, hey, this is what we would love for you guys to do if you're open to it. And so Clint and I kind of talked about it. And I said, you know, if I can move Timber & Love to more of a design-build firm than just strictly flipping, I'm I'm open to doing that. Because obviously, you know, we can then serve people and we don't have to have all of our money out there. And But we didn't know if there would even be, you know, a, a draw for that because obviously we weren't focusing on that. And so they did an initial... Outreach to the city, HGTV did asking if there was families interested in being on our show, you know, kind of giving us the reins and ultimately having a minimum of seventy five thousand dollars to renovate and being willing to move out of their house for multiple months. And in the first two weeks, we had three hundred and fifty people sign up to be wow. on the show that were willing to agree to those terms. And we just this huge light bulb just went off like, okay, there's our new business mm-hmm. model. I mean, that's that's crazy to me that 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 many people would trust us to. You know, work on their on their homes, and so Timber and Love, design build, kind of you know became this whole new thing. Where wow, we've we've got a, a different business model here, and and we're really working through the kinks and obviously creating the systems. But uh, it's been a tough year with with you know COVID and filming schedule and shutdowns and everything. But you know we're just continuing to take a step forward every day, and I feel like we're really growing and learning, and and uh, ultimately. I, wouldn't you agree, Clint? That these these houses have have turned out really beautiful. Oh my gosh! And you know, you, you
3: it's it's funny. Uh, yes, that to answer uh, resoundingly, yes, they, they, they've turned out amazing, and uh, it was really cool. Uh, we don't talk directly with our main producer at High Noon often, maybe once a month or so. Uh, you know, the guy, the head honcho, and every time, uh, unsolicited in the conversation, he'll 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 say, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> and this is a guy who sees these shows who basically lives by editing all these different types of shows. And without us even bringing it up, he'll, he'll say, Oh, oh. last Friday, he even told me, he said, I just can't tell you how beautiful these houses are and how compelling these stories are. Mm-hmm. And this is from a guy who spends his life telling stories and, and, you know, th- through film. And, uh, I think we're going to be, uh, I, I hopefully we we're, we we see what he's talking about when when it airs because uh, we don't get
2: to see anything uh, until it airs. We have no idea. Yeah, and I yeah. can't remember what we shot a year and a half ago. Can oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows?
3: Uh, you
1: know what uh, I like about this whole thing is, I, flipping houses is great, but a very small percentage of people actually do that, and it's fun to watch. But you are doing something that every homeowner wants to do, which is to make mm-hmm. their home more valuable to them personally. And I feel like it's very hopeful. It shows, it gives people that we all, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of years and people have been in their homes. They're looking at their homes mm-hmm. differently. They're looking at the use of their home differently. We're, we're using it for homeschooling. We're using it for home offices, but also mm-hmm. I think people want to be home more. I think mm-hmm. one thing that COVID taught us is that there time with our people is is important and special yeah home and is great yeah yes. and so we're like you know why are we leaving so much and why aren't we investing more well in- maybe you
2: don't like the environment maybe yeah, it's exactly. not it's not what it could be and that's mm-hmm. what we've realized yeah. is, is sometimes it just needs a refresh yeah you know, it just needs some love and honestly it needs them put into the home and that's what we've realized with so many of these houses they're like we bought this house but you know we moved our old furniture in here and mm-hmm. just kind of been living but it's not us like this doesn't feel like us it's not sentimental it's not mm-hmm. special. It doesn't function well. And so helping people solve those problems with, you know, the gifts that Clint and I have. And have we've learned from doing so many houses together, it's really just the perfect fit. And, and Clint um, hit it, the nail on the head when, you know, our, our producer, executive producer at, at the production company and HGTV as well has told us, you guys, this is the perfect fit for who you are and for what you guys are doing. We cannot wait for America in, in the world now with discovery plus be able to see, you know, um, these stories come to life. And that's what it's about. It always comes down to the story ultimately. And, and they're real and we've worked with some amazing people. Mm-hmm. So I like well, and what is
3: so. cool about it too. You, 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 it's usually a family. It's probably, you know, more times not a nuclear family and there's a husband, there's a wife and they each have different ideas of what the house. Sh- it's funny, you know, they think they're on the same page until you start talking to them. <laughs> and so <laughs> Luke and I get to play, uh, put on our Dr. Phil hat and uh is that what we you're calling it separate. oh i can't we, wait to see i this. guess that's what it is <laughs> uh but we we get to separate out luke 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 uh, gets to really hear the heart of, of one of the spouses or the kids and i'll do the same or you know the and, and we'll try to get to the bottom of what's what's really driving what's really motivating these families and uh to try to get to the point of of, of what's going to maximize their family enjoyment of their home kind of and, a wild. Uh, mm. Yeah and and it's it it you you, you it, it's funny i never thought i'd i'd be in a situation like that where we're really just die. usually you get a set of plans and you say okay this is what we're going to do or uh, like luke said you know that usually we we you don't deal with clients and you just take it to the highest and best that you know what to do but with that human element that that little that, that little spark of the, the big spark our our flame uh, in the show i believe that's what's really going to set this thing apart is that we are able to you know, hopefully, figure out what these folks uh, are, are motivated by. What's going to make these homes exactly the right fit for them, and then and then go to town on it. So, uh, I feel like we, we've we've you know, based on the reveals, based on being with the families and talking to them during the reveals, it seems like the show uh, is doing exactly that. And that's that's really uh, you know, what better thing can, to do in life than than than, than help a family uh, come together in their home.
1: I, I love that you keep on saying home because I think the first two. At the first two seasons you did, you were working on houses. It's, a, it's totally different. And you were working on your dreams for those houses. And now you're working yep. on homes and making people's dreams come true for their own homes. Mm-hmm. And and that, I think, it could not come out at a better time, I think, in America. Mm.
0: So I'm a production guy. I kind of, and I think that people are very cur- curious about how does a TV show work whenever you're flipping houses? Like, it sounds like you've done this as a business without the TV crew, how does it happen with a TV crew? Like what's the deal there? You guys are finding houses, you're running your business like normal and you just have a production company that's
2: following you around or well, basically, how basically, this work? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think for, for Clint and I, we really, when you're in the mix, when you're just doing it and you got to get it done. Cause we were kind of thinking the same thing when they first got here, like, okay, well, what are we, what are we supposed to do? You know? And there was, like nothing like just go, Go do your job. Do it. Really? Like it's it's very much and they kind of they High Noon created this this whole when they when they started with Chip and Joanna Gaines and created this you know thing that we all know as fixer upper now and basically this whole crazy they have their own global you know enterprise now. I mean that all started with you know the minds of of saying, hey, we wanna follow what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. That's it. We wanna tell the story. If you're going to your kids' baseball game and you're doing this, like we're gonna we're basically behind the scenes. And and it's not produced. It's not you guys being hosts. We're not asking you to be hosty. Mm -hmm. We just want you to be living your lives, doing the process, and and figuring it out. And obviously, you know, I I think Clint and I just felt bad for the you know editors because we're like, well, you guys are shooting thousands of hours. I mean, and 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 most of it's not good. You know, how are you gonna hash through all that stuff to put it together to an hour? And I think that's the case. Is like sometimes they will be you know upwards to a thousand hours of, you know, B-roll and behind the scenes and, you know, you know, processes and conversations. And then they, you know, they have to, to, to hash that all the way down to an hour episode. And that's really, we just, that way it, it doesn't make us feel like we have to turn it on or we have to turn it off. We just, just live yeah, it our that, lives. That, yeah.
3: And that's why we feel so blessed to be part of high noon entertainment. Uh, you know, like Luke mentioned earlier, we had our, our choice of uh, these different production companies uh, but we went with the, the ones who'd been there the, actually, we went with the company that didn't need us. Uh, and for, for, we see now why, uh, for good reason, because now, uh, these, they don't, you know, it's not our job to figure out what the show is. It's our job to be us, to do what we do, do what we know and let them sort through it and make a, make a show out of it. And we're, we every time we see a show, we look at each other and think, wow, they they really did a good job taking the best out of out
2: yeah. Of that. They make us look better than we are. Well, that's do you for ever sure. think
1: that they're like oh it. wow that they <laughs> exactly. they really ignored that argument and they they really made us look like we're getting along better or like do you feel like it's accurate most of the time? They're or? they're
2: totally accurate. And they they told us from the very get go we're, we're we're not gonna we're not our goal isn't to like create drama or to you know try to. You know, obviously, some shows do that and some don't, and they they're very much like we just want you guys to be ourselves. We want to put you in your best light, and and ultimately, you know, let's we want to focus on you guys friendship, on on your business, on your families, and all the things that are positive. Like we're not we're not interested in to getting into negative things, and that was another reason why we went with them as well because that's just not who we are. Like mm-hmm. we we're not trying to, you know, be formulaic about it and create like fake drama. Like oh no, what there's mold, <laughs> you know. It's just like no, we're just it, we're just if it when you do construction things come up you know it. we don't have to fake it yeah. the, uh,
0: that's a wholly different um perspective than another guest that we had recently that will um were another network they were on like a food competition um type of a show and inciting drama seemed like it was the number one thing. And the people didn't feel like they were represented in an accurate way. Like they didn't feel in control of the creative process or that they were represented in the way that they would probably choose. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're having a completely different experience. We, we made
2: it that way. We weren't going to work with anyone that wouldn't let us be ourselves. And, and you know, because we're both family men. We are both want to stay in the, in the positive lane. We want to bring value and add, you know. We want to serve people, and and if that doesn't work on television, that's fine, but that's just who we are, so we'd rather just be ourselves. So if you're
0: telling me that it's a pretty authentic capture of who you guys are as friends and as business partners, I've got to look at the show in a different light. (laughs) Because there's sometimes whenever you're in the middle of building something, and uh, you just all of a sudden say, all right, we're going to do this staircase a different way, and it's going to cost... uh, another $50,000 and Clint 50, says, 000? wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't and you're like, Oh, it's totally fine. Or so, I mean, just for example, like I love seeing the surprise on Clint's face whenever you have this nonchalance about pitching this idea that's going to cost a lot more money. It baffles me how you guys get anything done.
1: Well, it's funny also because it, we we, we watched yeah. this together as a couple And Shane is in construction and I'm in design and content creation. So we like defend our people. (laughs) It's like we got a team. Shane's like, that does not make any sense. Like, no, we do not need to spend that much money. I'm like, Shane, you are not seeing the overall picture. And we're like defending each other. Well, it's like, look
2: at the end results. Yeah. Shane, does the, does does the does yeah. the house sell for more money or not? <laughs> exactly, and, it exactly. It exactly. <laughs> inevitably it does. Inevitably it does. My mind has you like this know. mental
0: block for for you, the creative, to come to me and say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna do this thing and it's gonna be great." And don't even worry about it. And I think Clint is gonna freaking lay into him. This is gonna be awesome. And Clint's like. <laughs> Okay, sounds like a great idea. I trust you, but Let's go. Because we were talking really about the
3: show, then I don't recognize a lot of what you're saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are we are literally
1: coming from that from that same place because we we're business partners, and but we have to be married. He comes from you know a construction background, and and we have these we have these discussions and arguments, which is so funny because I think people around. The country are are that same way that same dynamic. Yeah, people
2: kind of take sides a little. Yeah, bit. so we yeah. take
1: teams and uh, and we're like, okay, let's see who. And I wins. think that's
3: I think honestly, when you get down to the nitty gritty, that's what people like about the show, uh because you probably split right down the middle. You got half the people who who want to see the dream realized, and you got half the people who say that's that that's that there's no way that can happen realistically. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, I think you know the tug of war is what I think makes the you know the the show work out. And I think finding that happy medium, medium and that compromise which turns out to be you know a, a great end product uh hopefully that inspires other people that yes we can you know we we can get there from here you know with, with our drastic different style drastically different styles and drastically different tastes
2: mm-hmm. and it's funny because you know you you just never know exactly how it's going to how it's going to how it's going to play itself out ultimately but from the very from the very get go i mean Clint and i you know we 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 just see things from a different point of view, because, you know, we're, we're a little bit different on the, on, you know, Clint's ahead of me in life and, and he went through the crash. I didn't. And so he's kind of got this perspective, like, dude, we gotta, we gotta, I've seen this, like it can go, it can go down. And I'm kind of like, no, let's go, 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 go. (laughs) And so it, it very much is, is real in that essence because he, he's like, whoa, yeah, we got to pull, you know, the reins back here. And and I'm very much like, no, we need to go, we need to go buy those two properties like today. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it, it's created, um, you know it's all real
0: yeah mm-hmm. the episode that came to my mind was the one with uh with the staircase you'd sent a design to the des- to uh, to the design team and it maybe there was a lack of clarity and it didn't come through the right way clint yeah that was my got, house he's got oh, rebar yeah? ready mm-hmm. to go and uh getting ready to pour something and you're like no no, no this isn't gonna work this is totally different and clint says we're kind of moving and we got to keep the pace going and you're like no it's Got to change, and I thought this is where it's going to fall apart. Well, you got to choose is your going to was... come into this, and I thought you guys resolved it incredibly well. I mean, maybe well, that didn't I, all get on
2: camera. Exactly.
3: <laughs> well, and one thing I, you got to looking back on that too, which I didn't really have a clear. I don't think I was fully, and maybe I did since I don't remember. It was early season one, but this that house actually t- Luke had already working in his mind that that was going to be his house, and so. Whether I was fully bought in or aware of that or, or thinking that I, you know at that moment I don't remember, but uh, ultimately there was not going to if he was in up going to have me living there. Yeah, it's there, a different you, calculation. You can see why there's not going to be any any debate on that. He's going to want it the way he wants it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> well, I I think that that's one of the things that I'm I don't watch a lot of reality TV, but um, being that type of a person, it feels like there's a lot of theater going on. But I love to hear that. How these things are made. It sounds like you guys are carrying all of this risk. This is still your business, and yeah, they're oh, just yeah. there to capture it. There's no safety, which I there. think
3: actually accentuates some of the tension that you probably sense. Sense is that there is. This isn't just, uh, hey, let's go do a TV show and uh, uh, HGTV will, you know, they'll flip the bill for everything. Yeah, they don't hey, pay. They anymore. don't pay for it. <laughs> no, no, we do it, and and that that underlying raw rawness is, uh, I mean that, that 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 has kind of defined our relationship from the beginning and 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 the show because there is a there is an there is an ultimate consequence where there's no safety net uh if 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 if, you know if we end up looking around there's no chairs left when the music stops
2: yeah
0: so we're getting towards the end of our time but i want to ask some big picture partnership questions you guys have a good partnership that feels like fairly healthy what are some what's some advice that you would give to partners as far as decision making how do you plan from the front end whenever you're going into one of these ventures and how do you set the rules of engagement so that you don't, you know, so that things don't implode halfway through a project? Where or some... if you're married and you're going into a <laughs>
1: totally. project, because that's what it is. Yeah. You become partners. uh you know, in your own home. Sure.
2: But- well I, I think more than anything it's 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 knowing knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses and, and having a great understanding of what that is. Because just because you you know, appreciate love design doesn't mean you're necessarily good at it or should that should be your role or vice versa. Like you know um, i think it's really staying in your lane and understanding like hey this is my strength this is what i'm focusing on and i think about it a lot like a football team is ultimately everybody's got their position and and ultimately a safety could play cornerback but he's not he's playing safety and that he needs to be where he's supposed to be at any given time if he start worrying if he starts worrying about the cornerback not doing his job and runs over there all of a sudden now he's failing his team because he's not where he's supposed to be. And I think that you really have to trust the other person that they're going to do what they said they're going to do. And that's why it ultimately starts out with, you know, being on the same wavelength with that person and knowing that we've got the same goals and the same, um, ideas and, and really, you know, big picture wise that we're moving in the same direction. And then once we know that, that if we're going to be a team, we need to really focus on, you know, our position. And, and do it to the best of our abilities and trust the other person to accomplish their position as well. And that really alleviates a lot of the middleman drama and, and, and getting in the works and stuff. Because obviously, you know, Clint's going to have different opinions than me and I'm going to have different opinions than Clint. There's no way not to. We're both entrepreneurs. Like, it's impossible. But, but at some point, you know, there's obviously, as you know, in marriage, there's a give and take of just like, hey, you know, we're a team, we're doing this together. But, you know, why don't I do this and you do that? And I think that it's not always going to be traditional, like, well, this is what a woman does and this Mm -hmm. is what a man does. Like, I don't like that. It's just Mm -hmm. like, no, we're a team. Like, we're going to figure this out. Where's your strengths? Where's your weaknesses? How can we serve each other? And ultimately, that's what it comes down to is is trying to serve each other as we serve others. It always um, keeps things in line. So I heard that you guys are focused on your end goal, which is your relationship and the cause
0: that you're yoked together for mm-hmm. keep that in mind as you go into some conflict exactly it's got to be a big picture ultimately and i think when well you- if you're still
3: in the picking page of your partnership and you, you, you <laughs> then pick a partner who isn't oblivious to the the, the greater str- you know the, the greater restraints uh you know one thing about luke he does have a big vision but he's he is grounded in the fact of knowing that hey this house has an end price we're going to be able to sell it for no matter how well it's renovated, this is going to be the universal working in at the end. There is a grand, greater structure that no matter what our talents are, we got to work in, inside of. And, uh, if, if you, if you got someone who's oblivious to that, you're, you're in trouble. But, uh, the good news is Luke and I always know, you know, we start at the back. We know what our, uh, you know, what, what the market's going to yield or we, we expect it to yield. We put a little, uh, protection for ourselves in there. And then we, then we, then we work backwards. And, uh, uh, i the, it's, it's nice to have someone you work with who does have an entrepreneurial uh, uh, spirit and gets that, hey, everything is ultimately at the end of the day, uh, a dollars and cents decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So
1: we've got this new series. Can you tell us just a little bit how people can find it when it's coming out? Uh, I think it's it's already got quite a bit of hype in this area. But so
2: Yeah. So it's, it's going to be called Outgrown, which is basically the, the title is, you know, it's not just working with families that are outgrown growing their houses. But the the general consensus is, is like, Hey, you know, we, we love our spot. We love where we're at, but it's just not working for us. And right now. And so we, you know, we, we want to come in and, and basically serve those families and make their houses work for them. So that's the, that is the show. It's an hour long show, just like Boise boys. It's, it's all of our houses are pretty much done here in the the treasure Valley uh, area. Prim- you know, specifically Boise, we do a lot around the North end and the East end and, and on the bench and, so it will be airing. I think they've told us the end of September is, is the go time right now. We haven't got an exact day or date yet. So we are looking forward to hearing that ourselves. But once we know, we're going to be definitely spreading the word. We're hoping to like do a, some type of um, release party maybe here in Boise as well and I invite everybody just to have come out and <laughs> watch it You know when it debuts. We did that on our first season, and it's a lot of fun. Keep us in the know, and so yeah. they
1: can watch it on Discovery Plus. Is that where they're going to be this show as well? Because you can see all the other shows on Discovery Plus if you're, you're looking to binge watch. Yeah, you can it. watch. You can
3: watch all the boys and Boys shows right now on Discovery Plus, and there's also a couple other different shows that, that uh, Luke and I have been involved with on Discovery Plus. But uh, our episodes will run. Will will premiere on uh, on television, uh, HGTV. And then eventually, uh, whether it's a week delay or however long they delay, it'll it'll certainly be on Discovery Plus.
2: Sometimes it's immediate, and sometimes they wait till the whole season's done. So they haven't told us how. And you don't know yet. No, we don't know. We don't know anything. We're just (laughs) (laughs) just doing it. That's all. So yeah, it's 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 definitely going to be interesting. But yeah, if you want to, I think on YouTube TV and Hulu and there's a bunch of places you can watch Boise Boys right now. If you want to get caught up, there's 20 episodes of Boise Boys, and then um, we'll have 10 new episodes of Outgrown. Um, coming this fall. So we're really excited about it and, and uh, we feel like it's going to do really well. We're excited yeah. to see it.
1: Super excited.
2: So if, uh, if you want people to find you on social media,
0: where should they go? So we we'll start
2: with you, Luke. Yeah. So we've got a, a few different um, links. Timber and Love is the, the company um, that's doing all the, the construction. Um, Clint and I have a page for, it's called Boise Boys Outgrown, which is kind of where we do everything re- in regards to the, the show and promo for the show and kind of talking about specific episodes and things of that nature. And then we both have our, our personal pages. You're genuine, Clint, right? Because you're genuine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and I'm, I'm Luke Henry Caldwell. So, um, yeah, we'd love to connect with you guys. All right.
0: Great. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you so much for coming on. It's yeah.
0: So all right, yeah. guys. Thanks a lot. See, you nice we'll family, see y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right.
1: The Boise Bubble Podcast is sponsored by Volkswagen of Boise. Interested in buying a Volkswagen in the Treasure Valley? Head to www.volkswagenofboise.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. This is the Boise Bubble Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at theboisebubble.com. And for more information about our community, follow at Hello Meridian. See you next time.